Okay, Mana Seminars, module chapter, uh, module number 12. Tonight is module 12.2, The Weapons of Our Warfare. Okay, welcome, and uh, we trust that we can uh, dive into this tonight and uh, have a look at the weapons of our warfare. Um, just some introductory remarks. It says here in our notes, the church is spiritual and is built in the spirit and by observing spiritual principles. All the organization in the world cannot alone build the church. You know, you can have all sorts of things happening, but that's not what builds the church. The, build, the church is a spiritual entity. People are spiritual beings. We are body, soul, and spirit. And so... Uh, uh, and, the, and the church is that, it, it, it is a spiritual entity, it's not just a, a club, uh, it is that which is breathed on by the Spirit of God. So organisation can help hold the growth that God gives, but it cannot produce it. So, uh, you know, it says, one sows and other waters, but God gives the increase. And, and, and the church has to be in, in unity. For it to grow, it has to be together, it has to be led well for the church to grow and for God to bless it. Spiritual means are necessary to make a difference in the spiritual world, yes? You know, in this spiritual world that we live in and uh, that is eternal, then uh, we need spiritual means to, uh, to make a difference. The enemy opposes any and every effort to bring heaven's best down to earth. You know, Jesus said, when you pray, pray our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be the name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And that is the purpose of the church, is to bring heaven to earth. And that's our purpose. Your purpose as an individual is to bring heaven into every situation that you find. And that is our prerogative, that is our duty, that is our, our life, and so uh, that's what we need to be doing. And a conflict exists. And the enemy, the, the spiritual powers, will try and stop that. And they want to bring hell to earth, not heaven. And you can see in many places they are winning. And where Jesus is not Lord, then they have uh, access uh, to influence and to, to deceive and, and to bring their, um, to bring hell into hearts, into homes, into organisations, into nations, um, and, and that's uh, what happens. And we learned last week that we're not resting against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. We are not resting against this physical world. Our battle, battles are often not to do with the physical world. They are, they are often um, involved with the spiritual part of, of our universe. Um, if you can see it or you can touch it, that's not where the problem lies. And often people get into difficulty with marriages and difficulty with, with uh, teammates and difficulty at work and difficulty. And sometimes uh, it's not just uh, the awkward people. Uh, there can be more operating behind the scenes. It is also clear that physical weapons are ineffective, obviously, against demonic interference and oppression. If we found the demonic uh, influence, it would be no use taking a rifle and shooting, trying to shoot the things. Um, <laughs> it would be futile. And I've put down here the story as told the devil himself, this is Martin Luther. Uh, the devil himself appeared one night at the foot of Martin Luther's bed, which woke him up. It is reported that Luther looked up and said, oh, it's only you, threw a bottle of ink at him, turned over and went back to sleep. <laughs> Commendable, but not really effective, except the going back to sleep bit. <laughs> and uh, so he knew who he was. I mean, he faced incredible opposition. Mm. To bring justification by faith and not by works or, or, or by confession and so on was a, was, was a huge shift in the world. And God used this man in an amazing way. To, to change the thinking of the day and to bring back and to restore the truth of, of sins forgiven by faith, not by works. And, and so that was the, the beginning. His, his, his teachings and his writings 
And obviously, the last thing the devil and the demons wanted to be wanted to be known from the Bible was that you could be saved by faith. That it was not just for a sacred few, but the gospel was open to whomsoever will may come. And so there was, and he knew incredible opposition from from all sorts of things behind the scenes, the devils as well. Okay, we're going to go to Second Corinthians ten, chapter. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3, 4, 5. Uh, Marcus, can you look that up for me, please? Someone else look up Ephesians 6 and verse 10. D, have you, can you do that for me? And someone please look up the Colossians 2.15. Who will do that for me? Colossians 2.15, who's got that? Anybody, do I see a hand? You've got it, thank you. Okay. Righto, we're in 2 Corinthians 10. We touched on this last week, but we'll just go through it just again. Verses 3, 4, and 5. Thanks, Marcus. For through, for though, although we walk in the flesh, we do not walk according to the flesh. For the the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but uh, mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. Casting down uh, arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Yes. Being ready to That's it. That's forward. fine. Oh, sorry. Okay. So, the weapons are not of our warfare are not physical, they're not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. And most of the, the problems are in our thinking. We are deceived by, by untruth. We begin to believe lies. And all of us have done that at different times, haven't we? We've all been open to think, well, we just believe that. And then we find out what the truth is. Our, what? I never knew that. You know? And, and, and so uh, in the spiritual world, that's where often the battle rages is in our minds and in what we are believing or not believing. Okay, let's go to Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 10. Uh, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the wild <coughs> For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armour of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Okay. So, therefore, therefore, because of this battle, therefore, we need to take up, we need to be equipped, we need to understand what is going on in the spirit world. <coughs> because if the, if the devil can kid you that he's not real, that he doesn't exist, that's his, that's his opening bet then we're not prepared for anything. If, if we, some people believe in angels, but they don't believe in devils. Well, Jesus believed in both. And we need to understand that. And so we need to be prepared for that. So our, our battle is in that realm and uh, so that we can stand against the enemy. If you haven't uh, come across... Uh, these things in your life if you haven't been influenced by evil somewhere, haven't seen it, haven't uh, seen it in others, uh, then cheer up, it's coming (laughs) Colossians 2.15 and having disarmed the powers and authorities he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross Okay, having disarmed and we dealt with that last week disarmed the principalities, he made a show of them openly through his death on the cross. And the cross is central. The cross is central to what Jesus has accomplished and what God has accomplished. The cross is the dividing point of history. And, and so we, we, we understand that and, and we appreciate what Jesus has done for us. So we have this, these strongholds. A stronghold is a ruling way of thinking or acting which controls people's actions through their minds. It most often opposes the will of God. Okay, so our weapons demolish these strongholds. 
So there's as a ruling way of thinking. We start to become, we start to go down a track, we've picked up things from our own thinking, we've picked up things from our parents, we've picked up things from our professors in university, we've picked up things by our reading, and we accumulate all this knowledge from all different sources, and it builds up a pattern of thinking in our minds. And, and, and then the Bible turns up in our lives. At some point in our lives, we, we, and we, then we think, what? What is the truth? And some of the ways that we think are so strongly held in our, in our minds that they take some demolishing. At the same time, strongholds of faith and humility can be built in people by the Holy Spirit. So we can have a stronghold, not just of evil, we can have a stronghold of goodness, yes? And as you keep going on with God and keep walking with God and listening to the Holy Spirit, reading the Bible, you'll become stronger and stronger in your faith and what you believe and what you, what you reject and what you discover is truth and what is not truth. And you start to walk in freedom. Jesus said, you shall know the truth and the truth will set you free. Uh, we talked about this in module 7.2 about building positive strongholds. So that module we dealt with last year and will be coming around again next year. But to win life's battles can sometimes require an understanding of a spiritual conflict. Um, that module may be on our website. So if you look that up, if you want to go through it, and I can supply you with notes if you want them, it possibly is there. Such conflicts can be conquered by using the spiritual weapons available to the sons and daughters of the kingdom of God. Now I've likened these, these spiritual weapons as warheads. As warheads. So, we have missile. You see on the front cover of this one, you've got a missile. Here it is, here. There's a missile. This is a very fine missile. There it is. It's, it's a missile. You can tell. Edinburgh, you can sell that, can't you? Okay. And missiles are used to launch warheads. In the olden days, we used to drop the bombs out of planes. Uh, today, we fire the missile with the warhead sitting on it. Yes? Here it is. This is it here. And so... This is not, no, it's not, no, it's not, it doesn't want to come off. It is a hard button, maybe I'm putting it on the end. <laughs> so here is the warhead. Yes. And so the missile is simply used to <coughs> project the warhead to its target. Yes? <clears throat> and in the spiritual sense, there are three warheads that are explosive against the deceptions of the enemy and they are um, the name of Jesus the blood of Jesus and the word of God those three things will demolish any stronghold if you have an understanding of those three things and the power that is held in those three things and you have an understanding of that you are going to be able to stand your ground. And having done all, we've just read Ephesians 6, to stand. Even though you get flattened, you'll stand up again. Hallelujah. And in battles, we get flattened from time to time. We get up again. But these weapons are so important to people. So important to you. And I trust that this week and next week and the week after you will come to a firm belief in the power of these things. But of course... It's no use having a stockpile of warheads. You can hear they are here. Down here. You've got them here. Here they are. You've got a whole stockpile of them. You say, I've got, I know all about these. Yes, you are. That's it. You've got all these warheads sitting here. And uh, you are perhaps under attack. And uh, so, but you've got to launch the things. You've got to attach them. To, to a missile. Okay. The top of the page. Every Christian needs to have a clear understanding of the importance of these three things and why they are so effective against spiritual powers. Knowing the truth about these powerful weapons is the truth that sets us free. And it's not just the spiritual powers, it's just your own thinking. Stinking thinking. We so know so many Christians do not understand the power that is in the name of Jesus. They do not understand the power that the blood of Jesus gives to us as sons and daughters of God. 
And they do not understand the power of the word of God. They, they vacillate. <clears throat> they read it, they think, yeah, but nah. Yeah, nah. He was one of my students years ago, and I called him, yeah, nah. Because every time I'd ask him, he said, yeah, nah. Yeah, nah. And I, I, I called him, yeah, he was a good guy. Yeah, and, uh, but there it is. Knowing the truth about these powerful weapons is the truth that sets us free. Then again, even if we do know the truth about such things, they remain totally powerless and ineffective if left sitting in the stockpiles of our knowledge. The fact of the matter is, many Christians have a whole lot of knowledge, but do very little with it. <clears throat> they have accumulated knowledge over the years, but they are as weak as dishwater when it comes to a battle. When something confronts them or something comes up and they're, they, 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 they well, you know, it all falls to pieces and their faith begins to evaporate. But we need to know that we know that we know that we know. We can talk about these warheads and how wonderful and powerful they are, but there comes a time when we need to launch them against the strongholds that oppose the knowledge and purposes of God. We must attach the warhead to a missile and fire them. You say, what are the missiles? Here they are. Let's read them together. Number one. Prayer. Number two. Praise. Number three. Confession. Number four. Finding Number five. Preaching. Number six. Preaching. Number seven. Prophecy. Now, you'll notice that all those things happen through what? The mouth. Through the mouth. In the spiritual kingdom, the authority of the believer is in our mouths. That's where we are sealed, in our mouths. It, that, that is where spiritual life emanates from it. Even the basic thing of salvation comes if we, if we believe in our hearts that Jesus rose from the dead and confess with our mouth, Jesus is Lord, we shall be saved. That is the beginning point of our walk. And it comes from heart and mouth. We have a faith, we have a belief, and we have a confession. Yes? And the authority of the believer is contained in our mouths. You know, and that is where we are sealed. It's an interesting thing that when we are filled with the Holy Spirit and baptized in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit seals us and gives us a sign in our mouths. That is the gift of the prayer language of tongues. Because prayer is basic to our understanding and there is a supernatural ability to pray with a prayer language that empowers you, that builds your life up and, that, and prays in the will of God. It is a seal, it is a, it is a confirmation that the Spirit of God is there and is, and, and is starting to work mightily through your life. In the Old Testament, the, the Abraham, the father of our faith, was given a seal and, uh, and given a, a seal of promise and he was sealed with the sign of circumcision. Mm. And in the natural world, in the natural old covenant, that, the, the circumcision, that was, he was sealed in the, where the issue of life came from. The ability to reproduce, the ability to, to, to replenish the earth uh, was, was given through that sign of circumcision. In the New Testament, when the Spirit of God fills us, we are sealed in our mouths. Because this is where these are the missiles. This is where these missiles are launched. <coughs> if we if we uh, <coughs> if we don't uh, if we haven't got control of our of our mouth, we are going to be living below par. If we haven't, if we can't control what comes out of our mouth, if we are all the time talking unbelief, if we are all the time uh, uh, doubting God's word, then we are we are going to live below uh, our potential in the spirit world. Yes, and so these things become important, and we're going to be looking at, uh, at prayer and, and those things. However, uh, they are, these missiles are only effective as weapons for the kingdom of God if the warheads are attached. You see, you, you can pray all you like. But Jesus said, when you come and pray, pray, ask the Father in my name. Yes? You know, we need to use... Jesus said, when you pray, ask the Father. 
Most often we pray to the Father God in Jesus' name because that's where the authority is. We're going to deal with that later tonight. Um, prayer that does not invoke the name of Jesus or spring from a certainty of our standing in Christ because of the blood of Jesus and does not know the will of God from the word of God will never be an effective prayer. That's a strong sentence. That, that should be our memory verse this week. But it's not. It's just my writing, not the word of God. But, but, but it's true. You know, if, if when we pray, we pray in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Uh, and, and if we... But, you know, you, you won't have confidence in your praying. You, you'll be uncertain in your praying if you're not sure of where you stand because of the blood of Jesus has cleansed you from all unrighteousness. If you're still wrestling with that, you're going to be, well, I don't know whether God's going to hear me. I'm not sure whether I'm really acceptable to him. Oh, man. And the devil say, well, you're not. You're a blinking singer. Sinner. Not a singer. You're a sinner. And we say, oh, yeah, yeah, I know, yeah. And if we don't know the power, that's next week, the power of the blood of Jesus. Um, and, and if we don't know that, like we know that we know, and we haven't taught our mouth to confess those things of what is the truth, then we will be weak. And then thirdly, if we don't know the word of God and we just pray, well, I think this is the will of God. But when we know the word of God, that's what I'm trying to get you to learn the verses. When you know what God has said about a situation, then your prayer will be strong. Because you will know that if we pray in the will of God, you know that he hears us. And if he hears us, you'll have what you ask. 1 John chapter 5, I think it is. So, so um, these three powerful things are essential for us. Um, the same is true when we're releasing, when we're decreeing, when we're binding and loosing, uh, whatever. Preaching that does not carry the word of God is powerless to change lives and situations. One of the great things that happens in a town is the preaching of the word of God. This is the, one of the most powerful instruments in the hands of God to clear the, the principalities and powers, the declaration of truth through the preaching of the word of God. And we need to be preaching the word of God. Because it's not just the people that are sitting there. It's the demons and the principalities are hearing the truth of the matter. Yes. My goodness, here's, here's someone that knows the truth about us. You know, so that preaching becomes... But if it's just a talk about, you know, the rugby tour to South Africa or some other homily that is nice and, and, and tickles the ears, then it, it is not going to affect the spiritual climate of that area. Neither will it affect the lives of the people listening. Nice, nice sermon. Thank you very much. Go out unchanged. It is the word of God that defeats deception. Hallelujah. Okay, the, spirit, the prepared spiritual armour. The prepared Christian is wise to ensure that he or she is carrying protective armour and holds the attacking power of the word of God and prayer in the spirit. Ephesians 6 and 13 and verse 8. And we're not going to stop here because of time. But we have there mentioned the belt of truth. We need to be walking in truth. We need to put on the breastplate of righteousness. Not our righteousness, but his over our hearts. Hallelujah. We need to have shoes of, of peace. This is in Ephesians chapter 6. Uh, we need to hold the shield of faith with which we can quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. We need to put on the helmet of salvation and we need to hold the sword of the spirit which is the word of God and which is the attacking weapon. And all those things are there. This topic is covered in foundations classes and also be shared more thoroughly in a module entitled The Hedge and the Armour coming up later in the year. Don't miss that one. So we come to the first. So do you understand this concept? Can you understand this concept here? That there are certain things that launch, that as you pr declare prophecy is a strong thing, if we prophesy, pr prophesy the word of God over a situation, uh, and, and uh, we have, we, that prophecy contains the word of God, and so uh, it's a powerful thing. It will bring breakthrough into our situations that we face. All right, well, if you've got a question, there's a sheet at the back. You can write down a question in a moment. Or if there's things that are seeming important to you in this module, you can just write them down as we go, and we'll deal with them after a cup of coffee. <coughs> just jot something down 
while you're thinking about it. There's a spare bit of paper in the back, page number seven and eight, which if you get bored, you can draw pictures on that <laughs> and uh, doodle while I'm talking. So I'll check that page later, see how many <laughs> got lost on the journey. <laughs> and if it's a normal class, there'll be more than half of us. <laughs> okay. So, the name of Jesus. Why is the name of Jesus so important? Why is it so powerful? That's what we want to have a look at now. Every son or daughter of the kingdom of God is given the right to speak to impossible situations and to evil forces blocking the blessing of God in the name of Jesus. We are charged with the mission to be the occupying forces of a conquering army, charged with the mission of bringing heaven to earth in Jesus' name. His name is the final authority in the spirit world and you and I are granted the right of wielding this mighty warhead against the nefarious plottings of the devil and his demons. And you and I need a clear and certain understanding of why the name of Jesus carries such authority. Hallelujah. You know, we come against situations, we, we get blockages in our lives. We go so far and it just blocks off and we can't get over the line. We can't get through the mountain. We can't get through the sea, just, and it's like, well, oh, I've gone so far and I can't get any further. Uh, we need to address those things. Jesus said, say to this mountain, move, and it shall be moved in the name of Jesus. Because I've found that sometimes those seemingly ordinary problems will begin to melt when they are confronted with the name of Jesus because behind the blockage is a jolly demon that doesn't want you to go any further. It's not all of them are like that, but some situations are like that, and I always have a crack at it anyway. <laughs> because if it is a demon, then it'll be fixed quickly. If it's my mind that's my problem, it'll take a little while to untangle that. <laughs> but can you understand that? that the, de the devils don't want you to enjoy your life. They want to make you miserable. They want you to have minimal, not maximum. Yes? Jesus came to give us life. And life in all of its fullness. Abundant life. Hallelujah. And we need to walk into that. And if not that, then we need to bomb the thing with a few warheads. And get cracking and stir yourself up and stir up those things. And get yourself free. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. Now, why is the name, this is the thing, why is the name of Jesus so powerful? We need to go to Philippians chapter 2 and verse 5. Now, in this class, it's all right to look up the index. If you don't know where to find these books. And uh, it's funny sitting in church and uh, when the preacher... <coughs> Back in the day, we never used to have the things up on the, on the screen, the verses. It's a bit lazy now. We had to have our Bibles and, and look them up. And uh, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd announce a verse uh, you know, like this. Uh, Philippians chapter 2. Let's go to Philippians chapter 2. And that'll give you know way to talk a little bit while. And I'd see the people going, you know, and, and, and maybe flicking through. Where is the jolly thing? I mean, uh, somewhere. And then you go, you see them go like this. <laughs> and they get, get there. And then after a while, you see some honest Christians who would admit they didn't know it and go to the front and, look up <laughs> and get the page. <laughs> because usually, when someone announces something, you just find it just when he's finished reading. So there it is. Galatians. Chapter 2. Yeah. That's why I learned all the books of the Bible off by heart. So I can just recite them in my head and just. I can usually find Psalms. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Philippians chapter 2, verse 5 says this. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who being in the, in the very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, 
There it was. He was equal with God. Jesus is equal with God. But he made himself nothing. Or the authorized version says he emptied himself. Taking the very nature of a servant being made in human likeness. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. This is the attitude that we should have, it says here. Your attitude should be this, like this. Jesus so emptied himself. I mean, you've got to imagine coming from, from heaven's glory where he was, his word uh, uh, spoke the, the universe into being and upheld, is upheld by a power of his word. And here he is being born as a baby in a manger. This is a paradigm shift, you will agree. But he humbled himself. He said, I'm willing to go. For the sake of the people, I'm willing to go to earth. Therefore, for this reason, this is why. Hallelujah. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, what? Every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. That's why we sung that song today. Because this is telling us that because Jesus was so willing and so emptied himself and so took the low road, even to the death of the cross, this is why God exalted him. Mm. Hallelujah. And gave him a name which is above every other name. Mm. Praise God. That name, he said, I've exalted my name. The psalm says he exalted his name even above his word. He is in the highest place. Jesus is the highest authority in the universe mm. because he humbled himself to the cross. And he did that for me. He did that for you. This was, there was only, this was the only pathway for our sins to be redeemed and washed clean. And he said, I'll do it. I'll go. As the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Satan, the cross, is central in bringing heaven to earth. Satan challenges God's authority, but Jesus defeated him on the cross. This exalted position means his name is powerful in the spirit world. For example, in a school, the name of the principal carries more weight than that of a student teacher. You just have to come to any high school in our country right now, and any place there, and you can find children in, in, in the schools, and uh, if a student teacher says, listen, uh, excuse me, put that down, it's a 50-50 call whether that kid will take any notice. Mm -hmm. And if the teacher says you move outside, They'll likely swear at you and tell you to F off and, and, and just sit there until the principal walks in. Come with me, son. The kid says, yes, sir. <laughs> because the principal holds an authority in the school. He is the authority in that school. And every kid knows that. And they try and defy the ones further down the rank. But eventually you've got to bring in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. <laughs> to deal with some of these things that don't budge under ordinary circumstances. There are many kings and lords in this world. But Jesus is king of the kings. And he is lord of all lords. And as such, his name carries all authority and all, is, is all powerful. And it's because of his position. It's because of his position that his name carries weight. Yes? Yeah. Why do you think the devils have decided that it would be a very cunning plan to use the name of Jesus as a swear word? Why do you think that would be a cunning plan? I have never yet in my 74 years of life in this earth ever heard someone bang their thumb with a hammer and go, Buddha. 
Or Muhammad. Or something else. They use his name. The name of Jesus. Because immediately as a curse word, it throws doubt upon his divinity and upon his power. And so not only does the person use it and therefore limits his ability to know the truth to receive Christ as his Saviour and Lord. See? And not only that, but all the people that hear that, Jesus Christ. Yes? They're thinking, the, the shutters come down in their mind about Jesus and who he is. That's why swearing and blaspheming his name is just a cunning deception of the, of the devils from way back. Can you understand that, please? The second reason the name of Jesus is powerful is because of the person of Christ. The name of a person is often descriptive of that person. Jacob means a deceiver or a cheat. Israel, his name was changed to Israel, a prince with God. Simon was, remember he was Simon the fisherman? And that was, means a wavering reed, and the reeds in the old marshes, if the wind's blowing one way, they bend this way. If the wind changes direction, it bends this way. That was Peter. He was like his name. Jesus said, wait a minute, Peter. Simon, I'm going to change your name, Simon. From now on, you're going to be called Peter. And as you read the book of Acts, they started calling him Simon in the first chapters. A few bit time later, he's called Simon Peter. And then towards the end, he's called Peter. And he becomes that rock, that steadfast person, because our names matter. Jesus, you shall call his name, uh, Matthew 1.21, you shall call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. The word Jesus means Jehovah, which is the Hebrew word for God, saves. God saves. He is the saviour of the world. That's what his name means. Proverbs 18.10 says, The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and are safe. In the Bible, Jesus has given many names. Emmanuel, bread of life, prince of peace, light of the world, saviour, messiah, water of life, and on it goes. Yes? Who Jesus is, his name is a tremendous strength in prayer, a place of protection, and a strong tower. It's because of who he is. John 16, verse 23 and verse 24. Are you all right? You're still breathing? Boy, this is so important what I'm sharing with you here. In that day, you will no longer ask me anything. I tell you the truth, my Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. Until now, you have not asked for anything in my name. Ask, and you will receive, and your joy will be complete. What a great uh, thing that Jesus tells his disciples there. He says he's going to the cross, and this is what he tells them. So you ask the Father, use my name, hallelujah. Praying to the Father in Jesus' name is an important key to effective praying. This is a key that turns the lock. It is not how powerful or otherwise that you or I are spiritually. It is the authority in his name that renders the prayer of declaration powerful. You see, sometimes when we pray, we think, oh man, he's not going to listen to my prayer. <laughs> oh, you pray. How often do people say, I'll be talking with them, say, come on, we're going to pray together. And the person says, you pray. Mm. Why? Why would they say that? What do you think? Because they don't believe. Yeah. They don't believe that they can actually do anything. They haven't got the faith. Yeah, that's part of, of it. Fear, of fear, lack of confidence. Lack of confidence, yes, it's tied with this. They can't can be nervousness. They're sitting there thinking, if he prays, it'll probably happen. If I pray, she's, she's a low 10%er. <laughs> and they're saying, and, and they're thinking that that's, that's just not true. It's just not true. 
as a son or daughter washed in the blood of Jesus. We're all on the same level before the throne of God. There is not a a hierarchy before the throne of God. (laughs) We're all on one level. It's called the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's we're all forgiven. That's the our standing is that plus nothing. That it's not whether I've had a good week or a bad week, but we need to understand, hallelujah, that access to the Father's throne is there. We'll deal with that when we come to the talk about the blood of Jesus next week. Ask the Father in my name, Jesus said. In other words, tell the Father I sent you. Illustration of my two boys when they were younger. Stuart's the oldest. This is what I said to I say to Stuart, Stuart, go and tell Glenn. You heard him preach on Sunday. Go and tell Glenn to bring in the firewood, please. Stuart to Glenn. Hey, Glenn, bring in the firewood. Glenn, I don't think so. You do it. Stuart comes back to me and says he's not going to do it. Glenn won't do it. Dad to Stuart. Tell Glenn, Dad said, bring in the firewood. Why? What's going to happen? <laughs> He's going to bring it in, or guess what? Dad will appear. Hello, Glenn. Where is the firewood? See? If my son uses my name, then it is as good as me being there. Or there will be consequences. Yes? That is as good as me saying it myself. Before the throne of God, using Jesus' name is as good as Jesus asking the Father himself. It is like Paul Whitehead, our pastor, saying to you, go down to the shed and tell the staff to give you a box of manuka honey. Tell them I sent you. So when you go down there and you find, and you, and you find Reese will come and you say, hey, um, I've come for a box of honey. Oh, okay. What? Oh, your dad said <laughs> that you could give me a box. Of, oh, did he? Okay, that's fine. You see? <laughs> to use the boss's name, that's just a prophetic word. I'm just declaring it. I'm just speaking it into the air. Just trusting it. It's going to happen. <laughs> no, no, no. To use the boss's name in the boss's shed is as good as the boss speaking. To use the name of Jesus before the throne of God is as good as Jesus speaking. Hebrews 4.16 Let us then approach the throne of grace with what? With confidence so that we might receive mercy and find grace to help in our time of need. See, you can't come to the the Lord, you can't come to the Father God in your own name. No. Yeah? It's not what I've done. Well, Lord, man, you saw me. I've slain five giants and, and, and uh, I, I've, I've, you know, I've delivered the oppressed and healed the sick and now, Lord, I need something. God says, yeah, good lad. So? It, what I've accomplished doesn't have any real standing as far as the request is concerned. Neither is it because I've stuffed it up all week. Does it make me any less acceptable to the Lord if I've confessed my sin and forsaken it and, 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 and I've claimed the cleansing of the blood of Jesus? More about that next week. But that becomes important to us. So we have confidence in the name of Jesus. Ask him in Jesus' name. Speak in the name of Jesus. The name of Jesus not only has power with God, but also with Satan and demons. On the cross, Jesus rendered the devil powerless and all his demons were court-martialed, disarmed and stripped of their authority. Christ's followers are to go forward in Jesus' name to establish the kingdom of God, to enforce the victory won on the cross of Calvary, and to bring heaven to earth in any and every situation. Righto, we've got a few scriptures here. Who's got Bibles? Righto. Um, Mark 16, 17. Margaret, if you can do Matthew 8, 28. Uh, thank you. Yes. Uh, what have we got? Luke 24, 47. Thank you. John 20, 31. Thank you. What else have we got? Acts 3, 6 and 16. Could you do that one for me? Acts 16, 16. Thank you. Luke 10, 17. Last one. Has anyone got that? So, thanks. Okay. 
We're running a little bit over time, but it's fine. Okay, here we go. Mark 16, 17. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons. They will speak with the new tongues. Okay, in my name they will deal with demons. Yes, in my name. Matthew 28. Thanks, Margaret. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Okay, all authority is given unto me. You go, therefore, and baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, in the name of, yes? Okay, Luke 24. And that repentance and remission of sin should be preached in his name to all nations beginning in Jerusalem. Okay, we preach the gospel, forgiveness of sins in his name. Hallelujah. Okay, next. John 20, 31. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. That you might have life, and believing that you might have life in his name. Yes. Due to the fact that all authority and power has been given to Jesus, his name is the ultimate authority. Acts 3, 6 and 16. Thank you. Then Peter said, silver or gold I do not have, but what I do have I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. By faith in the name of Jesus, this man whom you see and know was made strong. It is Jesus' name and the faith that comes through him that has completely healed him, as you can all see. Yes. So we pray for the sick in the name of Jesus, yes. We lay hands on people in the name of Jesus. You're just, you're just saying, this is the authority that I bring to this situation. Not my authority, his authority. Acts 16. Once, when we were going to the place of prayer, we were met by a female slave who had a spirit by which she predicted the future. She earned a great deal of money for her owners by fortune-telling. She followed Paul and the rest of us, shouting, These men are servants of the Most High God, who are telling you the way to be saved. Okay. She kept this up for many days. Finally, Paul became so annoyed that he turned around and said to the spirit, In the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to come out of her. At that moment, the spirit left her. Correct. Okay. So here's this woman. She's a she's a spirit spiritist. She can f tell the future, um, and th it's not just her. There's a demon in her that can tell the future. Familiar spirits. These things are called familiar spirits. They come down through families. That's why they know. So you go to a, a fortune teller. You go get your palm read and all sorts of things. Whatever it is. Uh, they, those, those spirits, the familiar spirit that's been tracking down your family for years, knows all about your family, can tell them anything and everything. And, you, and the person says, wow, how did you know that? It, they're getting the information from a spirit, a familiar spirit. And, and so Paul got fed up. They, the spirit was right in what he was saying, but he just got, in the end, it got annoying. And so he realised it wasn't just her, it was a spirit that was, that was giving this woman... Well, as soon as the spirit left, she lost her ability to tell the, tell the future. And, and, and her owners were ropeable. Their income was ruined. And uh, so this is, this is the spirit world in action. This is what happens. Uh, and so we need to be cognizant of those things. We have this authority because we represent Jesus here on earth, and that, in fact, we are sons and daughters of the Most High God. We've pledged allegiance to the kingdom of heaven and its king. We no longer live under the dominion of darkness. You and I are sons and daughters of the king and belong to the royal family of heaven. Jesus calls us and gives us the keys of the kingdom of heaven and tells us to reign in life. Romans 5 verse 17, what does it say? For if by, let's go back to it. This is why you need to know it. Page one of last week. Here we go, all together. 
1.6.11 For if by the trespass of the one man death reigned through the one man, how much more for those who receive God's abundant provision of grace and the gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. The question is, do you want to reign in life? Do you want to be on the top of the pile or the bottom? Do you want to be in control of your, yourself, of your situation, of your family? Can you stop the enemy just walking in? You know, the strong, can you stop the deception just walking in? You know, these are things that we learn as we go on in our faith. It doesn't just start easily or naturally, but we grow into these things as we establish the strongholds of truth. When the enemy comes to steal and to kill and destroy, we must stand against him and his evil plans in the name of Jesus. If you and I don't take a stand in our sphere of influence, who will? Let's go this week and bring heaven to earth in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Father, I pray that somehow the truth of your word and what we've been talking about will, Lord, lodge in our hearts and begin to speak to our minds so that we will know the truth. Lord, that we'll know it like we know it, that every deceiving spirit that comes against us will be defeated because we know the truth. And that truth declared will we'll, we'll set us free. Lord, I thank you. I thank you, Jesus, that you went all the way to the cross. You could have pulled out of it, Lord, but you didn't because you had us in mind and you loved us with an un, unfailing love. And Lord, because you went to the cross, you defeated the devil and his demons at the cross. You rose triumphant and now you hold a place that is above every other place. You have a name that is above every other name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father, both in heaven and in earth and under the earth. We give you praise, Lord. You are, you are King. You are Jesus. And we as your sons and daughters have been given the mandate to reign in life. Thank you. May we take our place strongly and begin to reign and begin to take authority and begin, Lord, to make a difference wherever we put our feet down. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. amen.